Welcome to another episode of Rightly Divide the Word of Truth. This is Andrew S. Baker, and I'm your host for these Bible study podcasts. Today, we are continuing with our studies on the key principles of Bible study. There is a booklet of this title, which can be downloaded from our podcast page at BibleStudy.ASBZone.com. Our primary Bible verse for this series, and indeed for the podcast as a whole, is 2 Timothy 2.15, which says, Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. The premise for this study is the following. Most people know that Bible study is essential to the Christian experience, and many people realize that without prayer, Bible study is futile and unproductive. But there are other principles that the scriptures teach us besides these, And not all of these principles are well understood or well known. Our goal in this broadcast is to present these principles for your review and study so that you will have a richer and more complete experience in your personal devotions, leading you to become just like the noble Bereans of Acts 17 verses 10 through 12. So before we begin, let's have a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you again for the privilege of being able to come together like this, where we can study and we can share and we can keep these things historically for as long as will bring benefit to someone. We ask you, Lord, that you will be with us, be with me as I I present, and help that those who are listening will be able to receive that which is spoken this evening, and may everything be done according to your loving kindness and tender mercies. In Jesus' name, amen. As our custom has been, we will be reading all of our verses from the King James Version of the Bible. Today's topic, the principle we're going to focus on today is, the Bible is a complete collection. It needs to be looked at holistically as one volume. The Lord chose to give it to us over a period of time, But his intent, as we come closer and closer to the end of time, it is clear his intent was that this collection be treated as one whole unit. Many people divide the Bible into the Old and New Testament or other divisions, and some parts they pay more attention to than others. But we will see from the word of God that the whole thing, that every time the Lord has added to his word throughout the history of the Bible being put together, every piece that was added was as valuable as every piece that was before, and vice versa. Let's look at some of the verses. Proverbs 30, verse 5. Every word of God is pure. He is a shield unto them that put their trust in him. Right? So we see here, every word of God is pure. The Old Testament, you can't throw out or you can't ignore the new, whichever the case is. James 2.10 says, For whosoever shall keep the whole law and yet offend in one point, he is guilty of all. Now, this passage is referring specifically to the Ten Commandments, but there's a broader principle involved here because this pertains to whatever God uh, presents to us, reveals to us. And so when God reveals something to you, you cannot recklessly decide that you're going to discard what came before. And as we'll see in some of the other principles, God's word builds. 
he builds on what came before, right? So if you keep the whole law, mostly, you know, 90% of it, 80% of it, you'll be guilty of the whole thing. And likewise, if you decide, oh, yes, I trust God and his word, but, you know, I don't particularly care for Ezekiel or James or whichever book or section you feel is important to discard, um, that, that puts you under the penalty of the whole thing. Deuteronomy 30, 9 through 11. Here's Moses speaking to the children of Israel toward the end of his discourse with them as they're getting ready to go into Canaan. And the Lord thy God will make thee plenteous in every work of thine hand, in the fruit of thy body, and in the fruit of thy cattle, and in the fruit of thy land, for good. For the Lord will again rejoice over thee for good, as he rejoiced over thy fathers, if thou wilt hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God to keep his commandments and his statutes, which are written in this book of the law. And if thou turn unto the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul. For this commandment, which I command thee this day, it is not hidden from thee, neither is it far off. Okay? So you see, the promise is for them, this is the book of Deuteronomy, and he's saying, you need to keep all of God's commandments, and you need to look at everything that's written here, and you need to pay attention to all that has gone before. Okay? The Bible's a complete collection. Now, of course, there are going to be some people who will take the opportunity to point out that if that's true, we should be paying attention to the sacrificial system because it's also in the Bible. And they have a point, but there's a principle that deals with that. So we will not tackle that right now, but we will we'll let you know that that is addressed, right? Because God has a principle that says everything he says is important, he also has principles that indicate when specific things have run their course and there is a very defined way. You don't arbitrarily guess or you say, hey, I think this isn't important anymore. No, God is the one that establishes things that are important and he establishes when they've run their course. And there's a very defined principle for that, which we'll get into later, not in this study. Matthew 5, 17 and 18. This is Jesus. This is during the Sermon on the Mount, otherwise known as as the Beatitudes, at least the first part, are referred to as the Beatitudes. So the Sermon on the Mount, and Jesus says this very early in his public ministry. Think not that I am come to destroy the law or the prophets. I am not come to destroy, but to fulfill. For verily I say unto you, till heaven and earth pass, one jot or one tittle shall in no wise pass from the law till all be fulfilled. Okay? Very important premise. Jesus is coming. He's saying, listen, I'm not coming to turn things upside down in the way that you might think. I'm not coming to get rid of the law or the prophets. The things that were written are still valid. Okay? The things that were written are still valid. I didn't come to destroy. I came to fulfill the law. And by fulfilling the law, meaning he came to be obedient to the law. Okay? He came to be obedient to the law. He could not have completed his mission if he had overturned the law. In fact, there would have been no point in having his mission if overturning the law were a valid option. God could have overturned the law as soon as man sinned and said, okay, fine, fine, do over. You know, I'm not going to count this one against you. 
but he did not. So there's no point in waiting 4,000 years till Jesus shows up in order to overturn the law. So Jesus came and established that the law was valid. He also established that all of the Old Testament scriptures were still valid, right? That's, that's part of the point here. The law and the prophets is really the whole Old Testament scriptures till all be fulfilled. And mind you, all has not been fulfilled as yet, right? Jesus dying on the cross doesn't fulfill everything. It fulfilled a lot of things. But there was, there's a work that Christ is doing even now. There's the second coming. There are all these things that have to happen that, that, that the Old Testament speaks about. So until all of those things are fulfilled, not one jot or tittle will pass from the law. Okay. 2 Timothy 3, 15 to 17. Um, we've seen, we've looked at this. This is a key principle and you're going to see it show up many times, or rather I should say this is a key verse that um, underpins many principles. And that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Okay, so if we want to be thoroughly furnished, we need all of the scriptures. If we only have some of the scriptures, we will only be partially furnished. Should be clear. Isaiah 28.10 For precept must be on precept, precept upon precept, line upon line, line upon line, here a little, there a little. This is a very important verse, and it has, there are two key things that it says. Two key things. I'm going to wear out the word key throughout this presentation, but there are two key things that it says. The first thing that it says is God's word, especially his instructions, build on each other. So what God says tomorrow is a strengthening, a reinforcement, an expansion, a broadening of what he said yesterday, right? He's either repeating it because it's important. He's broadening it because you couldn't grasp everything yesterday and now there's more to it. He's expanding it because you you grasped what he did what he wanted you to grasp before, but there's more to it. There was actually more that needed to be um, revealed. Okay? That's how that works. So precept upon precept, line upon line. Okay? That's important because when a lot of times people try to make the Bible contradict itself, you know, you'll say, do you, do you understand such and such? They'll say, oh, but look over here. And, and yes, yes. But the Bible builds on itself. So if you see something over there that appears to contradict, you maybe you need to understand better how either of those passages works, what they apply to, what they are applying to, how they should be viewed, what are the caveats in, in how you're applying them, etc. and so on. Okay. So the scripture does not, ultimately it does not contradict itself. Let God be true and every man be a liar. So that's one. Building on it, precept upon precept, line upon line. Here a little, there a little. The Bible is not exactly like, say, an encyclopedia, where you just, or a dictionary, where you go over to the A section and you pick out all of the things for the A. You want to find out about faith? Go over to the F section and da 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 da. Oh, look, everything about faith is right here. Want to find out about trust? Okay, go over to the T, everything. No, the Bible's not laid out like that. 
the Bible is laid out in a very different way. Uh, it's as we looked in earlier um, presentations. There, there are there's a historical component. So the Bible covers history in in many places. There's a prophetic component. It it covers the future. There are uh, exhortations and and instructions, sometimes in the middle of the history and sometimes isolated. You have uh, the the Psalms, which are songs and and uh, or the wisdom works. So that would be Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, Job. So the Bible is broken out into all of these these uh, categories. There's a huge historical component. You know, if you look at Genesis the first and second Kings, Genesis, Exodus, like the first five books, Leviticus is a little bit, not so much on the history, but you look at Genesis, you look at Exodus, you look at numbers, you look at Joshua and the books of the judges, you look at first, second Samuel, all the way through the Kings Chronicles. Um, you go to Acts, uh, well, the, the, the gospels and Acts, um, lots and lots of history is in there. And in the middle of that history, there's instruction to be found in different ways. There's songs in the middle of them. There's psalms in the middle of them. The psalms have their own um, section and the other wisdom works of Solomon. The letters in the New Testament, right? After the Acts, you have the letters. And, and so the Bible's broken down into a lot of different categories. So when you're looking on a topic, there is no single place that you'll find everything about that topic. There are some key places. If you're looking at love, there are, there are some key places, right? First Corinthians 13 is a, is a section on love in the King James charity. But that's not, the, that's not all. That's not every, for God so loved the world. John 3.16 is not in First Corinthians 13, right? But it is a very important verse to the issue of love. So when you're going through the Bible, you do need to take an approach that involves building on what you've had before and going here and there and searching and digging as as for hidden treasure. You have to be careful. You have to be careful because if you just run into a place, grab a verse and come out and say, hey, see, this verse says X, you can run into a lot of problems, right? So there, there's, there's a method. It's not just arbitrary. You don't just go and pick a verse and make it say whatever you want. And and that's why it's precept upon precept. If you pick a verse and it says something that none of the rest of the Bible says or that the Bible doesn't say when you put larger groups of verses together, you have to check. Is that really a, a principle of, of God's word? Hmm. Right? Because the Bible's not going to contradict itself. You also have to remember that the Bible records a lot of people talking and not all of those people are good people. For instance... In the book of Job, in the book of Job, there are a number of people that talk. God talks in that book, but so does the devil. Job talks in that book and his three friends and that fourth friend and his wife says something. Not all of those people say things that are 100% good. Right, So if you just run into the book of Job, pull a verse and come back and say, but look what the Bible says, you need to pay attention to who you were quoting. Because if you quote the wrong person, right? if you quote the wrong person in Genesis 3, God speaks, the devil speaks, 
Adam speaks and Eve speaks in Genesis chapter 3. Be careful who you quote. God says, and the Bible says throughout, the soul that sinneth, it shall die. The devil says in Genesis 3, ye shall not surely die. There are a lot of people who believe that, despite the fact that it's the wrong person saying it. Yes, it's in the Bible, but pay attention to who's saying it. So context plays a role, but we don't want to get ahead of ourselves because that is also a principle. And there's a whole discussion associated with it. Although it was written in parts by many different writers, God has always designed that the Bible be understood as a complete unit of instruction and guidance. Each new ray of light was simply added to the existing rays of light, building upon what was already provided. In order to fully appreciate and understand the many directives contained in the Bible, it is essential that its underlying principles be understood. Without exception, any single command or instruction that we find in the scriptures must be considered in light of all the other commands and instructions already given on the same topic, for the Bible maintains holistic consistency. Scripture is to be studied by taking a little from here and a little from there, harmonizing all the precepts given across the various passages. Taking a single passage or instruction in isolation will inevitably result in an incorrect view of what God has made known to us. Additionally, looking at only a portion of the passages that deal with a given topic will typically result in the formation or acceptance of a false doctrine. It is important that all of the texts related to a particular topic be studied to ensure that God, that what God has to say about that subject is understood in its entirety line upon line, precept upon precept. There are those who would suggest that the Bible cannot be trusted completely as God's inspired word, that it is inaccurate in one way or another. They do not believe that God has protected it since its very inception, yet they are willing to accept some parts of the Bible as being inspired and accurate. This is a very inconsistent stance. Either the whole Bible is God's word, or it is entirely untrustworthy. It is illogical to conclude that he could only protect a portion of the scriptures. It is all or none. The Bible is a complete collection. Thanks for taking this time to study with us today. We encourage you to prayerfully review the booklet in conjunction with this recording. Let us close our study with a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for your Holy Spirit. We thank you for the way in which you have uh, put together the scriptures for us, the way in which you have worked over the long years to protect it and to ensure that we not only have it, but have a way of rightfully understanding and dividing the word of truth. Please forgive us for all of the times where we have handled it improperly and help us in our studies to remember to apply these principles that we need to pray, pray and that we need to open with a, a willing heart and willing mind and that we need to remember that the Bible is consistent. Bless us. In Jesus' name, we ask all these things. Amen. Thanks again for listening in. And if you have any questions, be sure to send them to BibleQuestions at ASBZone.com and we will do our best by God's grace to provide you with biblical answers to those questions. And if you are finding these studies to be a blessing, please let us know and share them with others. 
Until we meet again next time, may God richly bless you as you study His Word. Thank you.